I'm Caleb. I'm Haley. And I'm having coffee, coffee with, with my, my ex. ex. It's oh, okay, Caleb. It's currently five o'clock. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're drinking coffee. This is my fourth cup. Yeah, I've had a lot of coffee today. But it feels like I haven't had any. It's I one know. of those days where it just doesn't matter how much you drink. We've had a long, long day. Stop drinking. We have drank a. Drink. <laughs> We have done a sweat session this morning, a strength session. We're doing a hangout tonight with the Booty Army. We had a whole meeting about something really fun and exciting. Really exciting. We did a whole treatment for something coming up. Yeah. And then now we have the podcast. Yeah. And then game night tonight. Yes, with Miss Katie Morton. Yes, and Dan Fazy. Oh, Dan's going to be there? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, they didn't know what we were talking about. Um, So we've been gone for quite some time. Yes. It's been a while. Thank oh. you. <laughs> That's copywritten. Don't even, don't even cover it. <laughs> Um, we've been gone for a while and we are excited to be back here. Yes. There's been obviously a lot going on with the Black Lives Matter movement lately. Right. I feel like we just wanted to give some space to the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the last thing we need is more white people talking about what's going on. Right. So I feel like we wanted to take like a significant amount of time and let voices that need to be heard be heard. Not that they don't ever like, not that now it doesn't matter, but I think like for us being white people and I know that most of our audience is white people mm-hmm. I think it's important for like us non-black people to have a conversation um, and balance that with also keeping black voices centered yeah and I think our point with this podcast we are not speaking to black people right. we're not speaking we're speaking to white people we are not the authoritative sources on this subject and it's not really our resp- our place to right. be educating people, really. Um, it's more about just to have open conversations, white people to white people, about how we can do better yeah, and what we should be acknowledging. But we just want to make sure this is clear. We're not experts on racism. We're learning every single day how to yeah. do better. And it's just important that, like you said, as white people, we're talking to each other because it's our responsibility. Right. Like, we created the problem. Like, white people <laughs> created the problem and black people can't fix a white problem. Yeah. So that's why. And, and I'm sure that statement right there already triggered some of our listeners. So we should probably <laughs> unpack that. Because um, I think a lot of times, especially with people that I've talked to, people close to me, they get upset because they feel attacked or they feel like I'm not responsible for slavery. Literally, that's the argument. I didn't cause slavery. So why am I being punished for it? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a much larger, obviously, it's conversation. A way than that. larger conversation than that. Because you have to think about, it's you literally have to go back to basics. Like you have to unlearn history that you've mm-hmm. been taught your entire life, and relearn what actually has happened in order to understand fully mm-hmm. why it's our responsibility to fix the problem. Right. Because of slavery, there has been all of these systemic issues set in place that only benefit white people yeah and we will constantly be benefiting from that while oppressing other people of color until the end of time if we don't fix the issue Mm -hmm. and everyone who it was their fault that slavery happened they're dead they can't do anything now so like (laughs) so sorry about you but we have to address it and i think What's really hard for people to grasp, and I think the documentary 13th did a 13th, great job. 100%. If you haven't watched it yet, it's free on, on YouTube. Netflix. Oh, and YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did a great job of explaining when you enslave an entire race of people mm-hmm. and then one day say, okay, you can go. Right. Then what? If When one race has 
had all this time to build up wealth, to build up networking, money, land, education, businesses. Mm -hmm. And then also all of these people that you have enslaved that are now free, they helped run your business. So now they've just ruined all of your profits. Right. And so now you think that it's going to be easy for them to get jobs or to accrue wealth or get educated or to have land. Like they didn't, they weren't given land, horses, money, anything. So when you just set people free, they're already less educated than everybody else. They have no connections and no, and people don't want to hire them to work for them because they want them to be their slave. Right. So that doesn't go away. And so just because slavery has gone and there's more equal opportunity, that doesn't change the fact that we started the race at different points. Right. So yes, we're all running the same race now, but white people got a very long head start mm-hmm. and there's no possible way for people to catch up. And the when some of them do, like we've had a black president or right. athletes. They're set as the example. Right. But they're the exception. Just because they ran extra freaking fast than right. everyone else, including the white people, right. they're not your token. They're not the example. They're the exception. Right. And so I think that's what we have to grasp. And and that's why there's systemic changes that have to happen that may look on the surface like it's unfair to white people, but it's it's not. Right. I think that a lot of white people... <sighs> I think a lot of white people are very threatened by the thought of equality. Yeah. I think it's scary to a lot of white people who especially like older white people who grew up with being the superior race. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because what you've been living in that you thought was equality was right. actually a world where you were benefiting more than others. Right, and you just so thought you were better. In order for equality to happen, white people are going to lose some of that feeling of superiority, which is just innate, that we're used to, that we don't even recognize very often. Right. And that's Hold what on, he- the dryer is on. Oh, good call. <laughs> quite a long song (laughs) I think there's a reprise (laughs) all right um yeah so the the world that we thought they we thought was equal was not and so I think that is what scares people because life was hard for white people and I think that's something you've had to kind of explain to to your family and stuff too because it's not like you come from a bunch of wealth right the thing is about white privilege is that people are so quick to say, well, I worked so hard. My family didn't have it easy. I grew up poor, like all this stuff. And it's like, sure, that is, can be very valid, but it wasn't because of your race. Right. That's the difference. Like everything, every hard thing that you've been through wasn't because you're white. Right. Your skin color didn't make it harder. Right. Like everyone has the opportunity to be poor and to have a hard life. Yeah. It's just, so that's what you have to like step back. And it's so hard for people who aren't wealthy to see that because they are also constantly trying to get out of poverty. And, and, and the cycle of poverty is a larger conversation, affects a lot of people, right. but disproportionately affects black people and right. people of color because 
but we started in different places and there was there's so much history and there's, things to learn there's so much history guys like i highly instead of just listening to like white people regurgitate things that they've learned right l- listen to documentaries by black people mm-hmm. and and by authoritative sources and again 13th is a great place to start 100% and there's so many good podcasts to listen to what's the to. podcast that you recommended uh what's it 1619 uh, it's by the New York Times. It's a really there's only like six episodes, I think, and it's a really great podcast mm-hmm. to just really set the scene of like what America actually was built on and why things are the way they are now and how history repeats itself. So scary. There's another thing that um, I guess I want to touch on the protests a little bit okay. because um, that was a hot button issue and of course when anything happens in the media there's always two sides it always has to become <laughs> republican versus democrat no yeah. matter what it is even the fucking masks uh, it's all it's everything yeah. everything turns political i think the protests um we went to a protest here we were in full support of it i think that they were very necessary obviously and I, the goal of the protests, from my perspective, was for people to be heard mm-hmm. and to show that there was unrest and a people visual, weren't happy. Like yeah. Sometimes you need like a visual representation of like these people mm-hmm. want change. Right. And think about history. You no change happened. Every single change that's ever happened in history, worth noting, is because of protests. Yes, and there's often always violence. Unfortunately, always. I urge you to actually understand the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> Literally, we burned ships and destroyed them because of tea tax and like right. killed people. But right. <laughs> but we're just over here fighting for equality. But right. like, calm down. Yeah. I think too. The other thing is like, as white people, we really can't tell black people how they can feel or how they can protest. Like, I don't think anyone's condoning violence or right. looting. But why, when we are having black bodies murdered, when we have history of systemic racism and facts, why are we not like? oh my gosh, I'm so angry about this, but also, like, let's try not to loot. Why is the looting at the forefront of people's minds? Right. Like, Like, why do you... This is, like, the the thing people say, like, why are you valuing property over lives? Like, no one's saying, yay, go loot. Right. But we're just saying, like, let's focus on the real problem here. Right. Because the looters... Are not the majority. No. You have like 20,000 people marching in the streets for a protest and you're worried about a little group of looters. Like right. stop, di- di- what's the word? Diverting. Diverting the conversation. Right. Because you don't want to deal with what's actually going on. You don't want on. to actually speak about what's happening. That's why what, it's happening. And that's what I was talking to my family about. It was hard because they, a lot of the, them were just upset about the protests. And I'm like, I get it, but aren't you more outraged about like vi- the violence happening and the right. inequality? Right. And um, I just think that, especially with the protest, it was to create, a, like we said, a visual representation because without that, again, a few years ago, you had Colin Kaepernick kneeling at a football game. Mm-hmm. Everyone's angry. Don't disrespect How the flag. How dare you disrespect the flag? And that was peaceful. But now right. when we're marching in the streets and it's making you uncomfortable, now mm-hmm. you're upset about that too because you say now you want peaceful protests. Well, right. you didn't listen to the peaceful protests. Right. So... I just, the argument that it can be done in a different way, I think is so ridiculous because there's not a single thing in history that's happened that way. And don't you dare reference Martin Luther King (laughs) as your example, because that, that is cherry picking. And he also, it was, a he died. So he was literally killed. So, and again, just like with gay rights, I was telling people 
you know how gay rights happen. It's like Stonewall happened. There was a riot and black trans, trans women led the fought right. so that gay people could have rights by throwing the first brick right. at police. And no, that's not good. I'm not saying violence is good, but without that, no one would have listened. Exactly. Like you've, the people are just so quick to forget how things work because they never really had to do fight for that. Right. Like I wouldn't be able to vote without protests and violence and things mm-hmm. like that. You wouldn't be able to go to a gay bar. You wouldn't be able to be with your boyfriend in public, like mm-hmm. things like that, that we just do today. And yeah. we don't realize why that happened, how that happened. And it's because of things like this, people put themselves out there and put their lives on the line for lack yeah. of a better word, because like you never know what's going to happen whenever you're protesting. Cause obviously there's people who yeah. don't want you to do that. People yeah. who don't think that you have the right to whatever. We also, um, came to a country that was already inhabited and murdered and raped everyone yeah. who lived in that country and then said it was ours and then right. honored the hero, Christopher Columbus, who raped and murdered people. Right. So I just think there's a lot to unpack about our own history and it's not comfortable mm-hmm. and it's not fun and it's no one's asking you to take personal responsibility for everything that happened in history. But what we're saying is you're the only one who can fix it. Right. It's like if you see, like if you're the only one on the road and you see this defenseless child on the road but no one else is on the road but you're like that's not my child i'm not doing anything about it mm-hmm. you're just gonna keep walking right like no like you're the only one who can help this baby mm-hmm. so like just because like you didn't cause this doesn't mean that you can't fix it or you shouldn't fix it right that's a good example thanks i just thought about it that's great yeah and i was talking to um anna lee and i was explaining to her because on the outside with all the laws our country looks like, you know, this beautiful tree oh, of equality. 100%. But what people don't realize is what's under that tree is all the roots that mm-hmm. make up the tree and is what is feeding the leaves and, and the branches. And that is all of that nasty history and, and generational um, racism mm-hmm. that and, and gentrification or not gentrification, um, redlining and, and the segregation and, and Jim Crow laws. And yeah so many different things so it's just so important to also look at how how it grew and what what the roots are right because we got to address those roots yeah and the and next I, thing oh I go think, ahead. what were you gonna say i was gonna go to a new new topic oh i was just gonna talk about how like things that you can do oh yeah good so i was my thing that i think is the most important is even though uh, like talking to your family and addressing racism in your everyday situations, even when it makes you uncomfortable, like that is all so very great. And I think it's really important. And I think it, even though it feels small, like when you're doing it, like one little thing that you're doing, it's important. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I think it's also important to just start within your community, like electing officials it goes beyond electing officials obviously but actually knowing who you're voting for because those people are the only ones who can really like do something mm-hmm. so knowing who you're voting for on the local level talking to your school board talking to teachers and like things like that and yeah. i think that the number one problem that could be like an immediate type of fix is changing the education system to actually teach like cultural relevance and history things yeah. like that like um, i just learned about juneteenth this week right <laughs> exactly. like exactly think like people in um texas didn't even know that and it you know what i mean someone yeah. like literally was like i 
graduated like from high school and college in Texas, lived in Texas my entire life, and I never knew yeah. what this meant. Like I've never even heard of it. So like people in Oklahoma have messaged me saying they never heard about the Tulsa race riots or whatever they call them. Yeah. Whatever they call them. Um, so yeah, I think that education and talking to people within your community is one step obviously to like a much larger issue, but it's only going to happen if we, if we like take care of those small pockets of America, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because like, it's only those people who are going to like, it's, it's not going to happen from the, from the top down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We have to work from the bottom up in my opinion. And I think it's, we also have to take the time to really evaluate situations more often than we normally would instead of being saying oh i'm colorblind i don't see color which we all should see color and do see color because color makes us who we are Mm -hmm. but i think it's just so important to challenge our own thought patterns and if say if we're in a position where we get to select someone to work a job who is white or black just challenge your own implicit biases because mm-hmm. we all have them whether we like it or not. Right. We were all born to, in some part of our minds, fear black people. Mm-hmm. And that is an ugly, nasty thing to admit and no one wants to be actively racist, but something Racism has so many different faces other than so calling many... someone the N-word. Exactly. It's, it's so much more than like, oh, I don't hate black people, so I'm not racist. No, yeah. And there, it's just so much. So I just, I challenge everyone like more often than not when you're in situations where you are deciding if you feel like someone is a threat or if someone should have this position, just think about exactly why you're making that decision and try to think about and how, try to think about how you are thinking about race. It's very yeah. hard and it takes practice. Right. But um, I think like you said, talking, especially to family yeah um and friends and just starting those conversations there because that's where it's easiest to reinforce each other's racist tendencies or (laughs) microaggressions and things that we think are just funny or that we don't recognize really as being insensitive but i think just having those conversations like i did a few weeks ago with my family it was really difficult and Mm -hmm. it's none of my family is racist you know quote unquote but it's like we all have to learn and, and be challenged. And so I think there are, all, are also different generations who grew up in completely different worlds. Yeah. And so it's really, everyone has a different perspective and lens. And so we all have to figure out how to see the whole picture together, even though we have such different life experiences. 100%. And this is so complex and nuanced. So it's, it's like- It's so complex. That's why it's very important to, it's like, you're not going to learn everything about racism in two weeks. No. Like, it's something that you have to continually make a point to educate yourself about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not fun. No, that's it's, what sucks. It's not like you can't it, You can't post your black square and be done. Right. So. Like, it's like something that it's ongoing. You should always be trying to learn. I literally only, like, was eating, sleeping, breathing, like, trying to figure out how to fix Mm-hmm. racial injustice <laughs> you were going off you were a facebook warrior i mean you were messaging everybody and taking the time you were thinking it out you were citing sources i really was i really am like i'm still trying but like i think that it's more so of like okay like this isn't gonna solve itself in like this amount of time yeah. like it's something that like you have to learn how to give your energy to for the rest of your life yeah. like you have to learn how to 
fix it. It needs to become a habit. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Um, another thing that I would like to touch on um, that's very, very controversial is police. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's a huge part of the system. And again, the, the tagline, the headlines are always what scares people. Defund the police. Yeah. And people are like, you don't want police? What are we supposed to do? <laughs> okay. No one's saying that. And if the news you're watching is telling you that people are saying that, you're watching the wrong channel. Stop watching the news. <laughs> <laughs> um, what we are saying, because I am an avid supporter of defund the police. Absolutely. But I also... I understand how it scares people. Yeah, because like that, we don't we don't want to live in a lawless land where right. you can go and steal something from your neighbor and no one does anything about it. It's what people are saying <laughs> is, and you posted this because mm-hmm. someone asked, "What's this? Uh, the woman's name? Congresswoman? AOC? Yeah, yeah. She you, she's my favorite. If she ever ran for president, I love her. I would literally be like a campaigner for her. <laughs> I would literally do that. Someone asked, like, what does that look like? And she said, really, it just looks like... Every white suburb you've ever been to. Yeah, like an affluent white suburb who prioritizes their... their who allocates Community. their funds, yeah, to schools and, 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 and healthcare and mental health. Social work. Exactly. Resources to help people rather right. than incarcerate people or punish people. Right. It's so crazy to me how police i'm not saying they ha- they like make the most money out of like right. any profession but for being like a government like tax funded job they're not like not paid well and you think about social workers who are supposed to be the people solving these issues mm-hmm. they have like their caseloads are insane yeah like it is extremely underfunded in almost every single community i've been like learning about so like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So like no, nothing gets solved in that. So they're like, oh, social work is a waste of time because nothing ever gets solved. Like the it's because they're not getting paid enough mm-hmm. to do a caseload that's too much. Yeah. So like, why don't we allocate our sources to that, our right. resources to that, so we can maybe funnel, like weed some of this out, so the police can deal with crime. Right. And not like be a therapist, right. not be a social worker, not be all because they're things. going to calls they shouldn't be. Like if it's a, a mental health issue, a cop doesn't need to go there. A, a trained professional in the mental health space should go to right. unless it's a violent or dangerous situation. The cop shouldn't be the first one on the scene. I don't right. think that doesn't make any sense. It's almost it's kind of like when you're raising a kid. It's if the kid keeps messing up, do you just keep slapping the kid across the face and just hope they learn how to be a good person? Or right. do you take the time to educate them and talk to them and help them right. like, like, grow? Why, instead of just like punishing them, let's ask why. Right. Like, why is this happening? Why is crime more... What is the word? Like Prevalent? Prevalent in black communities. That's such a... That is such a cop-out. Well, there's so much crime there. We need more police there. Why? 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 Because when you keep asking why, the only thing they can say is, well, it's just because they're black. And then I'm like, exactly. Exactly. That's why. And that's the problem. That's your, and that's the bias that you have deep down right. that you don't they want to admit They weren't born, the people aren't born like that. People aren't born inherently to commit quote unquote crimes. No, they were, but when you don't have access to good education, when you don't have childcare. When your neighborhoods are over-policed. Exactly. I could literally walk down the street in the neighborhood I grew up with an open container and yeah. no no one's going to stop me. Right. 
what? Because there's, I'm not worried about cops constantly driving down my street. Right. It's just like you get away with so much more and you get so much more leniency. I saw this thread by a white woman who was like listed every single time she was in a situation that she should have gone to jail for that cops just gave her a pass and said, don't do it again. Or like made a joke with her. Yeah. And it's just like, for some reason, people of color don't get those passes because they're assumed to be dangerous and assumed to be bad. Right. When they were set up for failure. And again, right. Because this is, this is what I always say. The police are just a result of the systemic issue Mm -hmm. like they're just the face of the systemic issue they're like okay i blame you which is fair Mm -hmm. like i blame you but like also we can go the other way why right like why why does this keep happening why did the police keep doing this why you know what i mean and it's because they're not trained to be all of those things you cannot be a police officer a social worker a therapist or this or that you can't be that all in one and that little of training, especially when the training is just more so like mm-hmm. laws and physical stuff like that and right. like how to defend yourself. That's like what, what the you training see is. happen is in neighborhoods that have more money, there is naturally less crime because right. they're they're more equipped to be successful in life. Right. And I think what people are saying is let's not give the police a hundred million dollars to buy tanks and military equipment like let's demilitarize because yes police can have guns or or ways to protect people what's but, the point of having a military but we, we don't yeah we don't need the cops to have like a giant swat team every time like let's right. just like why let's why, dial it back why can doctors not have masks right but police can have all these weapons like it's a they're in a video game and you right. can just like whoop swap weapon whoop swap weapon yeah there's just too much money in it and we've seen time and time again that violence is not the answer to the problem <laughs> right. like let's learn and grow and help people be better instead of killing them right <laughs> it's not that hard. It doesn't seem that hard so, okay, we don't want this podcast to be too long yeah. because, like, we want maybe to spend the next half hour that you thought this podcast is going <laughs> to be and go learn something. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a list of resources down below that we think is important. And, um, yeah, I just think that, obviously, we want to have a discussion mm-hmm. as white people to other white people. This yeah. is a really important time, and I think that we all need to be doing our best yeah. to be learning. And it's not supposed to be fun. No, it's not. But also, again, this is the largest civil rights movement in history. And no, and also, someone got mad that you said that. That's the truth. <laughs> um, there have been protests in every state and in multiple countries. Like 20 countries. Yeah. So as far as numbers, bodies in the streets, this is the largest movement. Mm-hmm. So I think for anyone who still thinks that they can dismiss it or that it's not going to be a monumental moment in history that shapes future generations, I think right. that'd be irresponsible to say that. Right. And so I think now's the time where you get say, okay, this is real. This is the course of history and how it's going to change. Right. What like side do I want to be on? Things are not going to go back to the way they were. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history. And like, imagine being with someone who was on the opposite side when they were marching with Martin Luther King. Right. That's exactly like, the, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like, the same thing. It's the same thing. Like where, who were the bad guys? And even if you're not, we're not saying you had to march, but like, if you're not trying to be a part of this movement or trying to educate yourself 
I mean, that is just something that you'll have to live with. You're doing, and here's another thing. It's like, I feel like a lot of people like to say like, oh, you hate America. Like you then go move. And it's like, no, this is because I love America. Mm -hmm. And what's the point of living in a country that you, the whole point of a democracy, it's like, it's for the people. Like we're supposed to be exercising our right to change America for the better. Mm -hmm. If we didn't care about it, we wouldn't be doing it. And the other thing that I think is important, and I just talked to my, I just got a new psychologist. Um, we talked about every single generation pushes it forward mm-hmm. because every generation has more access to information and more right, tools. We have, yeah. The millennia, so, millennials and Gen X, is that who they are? Gen yeah. Z? Gen X. Gen X, I think. Right? Whatever. You know who you are. We <laughs> Gen Z. It's Gen, Gen Z. Z. Yeah. We have, we have literally the entire world at our fingertips yeah. and we have since forever and here's the here yeah here's the thing and that's what why my therapist was saying he's like it would be irresponsible of older generations not to listen to the younger ones because they're always going to like push history forward in the direction it's supposed to go and it would it would be silly of you to not acknowledge that we have the access to information that other people don't and even though we all have access to it now a lot of older people don't know how to decipher factual information from like propaganda or or fake things and it's very easy to get misled on the internet but i think that we have a natural ability to kind of funnel through the bullshit yeah we can navigate the internet well even a simple google google search and how like my mom will first want to click on the big ad at the top and i'm like why would you (laughs) why would you do that that? and she's like it's the biggest option and it's just (laughs) i think you have to trust young people and not saying all young people are right like older people have life experience but it's a new generation, a new time, and we are we are more educated mm-hmm. as far as the general population goes. Not like professors and things right, like right, that, right. but we do have more access and we see more of the world. Whereas before, it was really hard to get a grip on what was going on around the entire planet, and we can do that in an instant. Yeah, one hundred percent. So just be willing to grow and we're gonna have to grow the next oh, generation yeah. we're gonna they're gonna call us out on something that we've been doing for a long time and we're gonna have to be like you know they're what all, i've seen a couple of tiktoks of people being like um like gen z being like um gen z right is that what you said being like a millennials think that being 30 is a character trait <laughs> <laughs> like they're already talking shit but you know what gen z keep talking your shit you do your thing you're doing it they were doing but it. i'm really excited to learn from the next generation Same. and like i feel that's the whole point of life you shouldn't take it as offense you why should why just... would you want the next generation to be stupid you should always want the people younger than you to grow up to be smarter than you or right. what's the point that's the whole point. That's the whole point of evolving as humans. And as time goes on, there's more and more technology, more resources, more information, more studies. Yeah. So it's impossible for the next generation not to be smarter than you. Right. So embrace it and be excited that they're going to teach you new things and right. help you be better. Right. Amen, honey. Amen, honey. Um, you already told them resources at the bottom, right? Yeah, resources at the bottom. Those are our media recommendations for the week. And all of our, um, what's the second thing we do? Intentions for the week is to yes. is to learn. To everyone, learn. let's say it. To, to learn. learn. Like the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Again, I hope that this doesn't feel like we're attacking anyone. That's not the goal. 
um, this again is not your personal responsibility, but it's everyone's personal responsibility. Yeah. And that's something that you have to be okay with not taking personally while taking it personally. Yeah. It's just like, it's not your fault, but it's your job. Yeah. That's what it is. Amen. Just like that baby. Just like that baby. Don't let it on the road. Don't let it sit there. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Don't be weird. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be weird. But also help it find a home. Yeah. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. And that doesn't mean that all lives don't matter. It just means that all lives can't matter until black lives do. That's a whole separate podcast. I feel like I could tell. It is a whole separate podcast. And you know what? I'll leave you with an analogy that my mom sent me that it made sense to her. I'm scared. You know what? I'm going to look it up so I have the exact reference. Is it bad, Caleb? No. Okay. (laughs) No. Because she said, well, this makes more sense. And I said, if, 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 this if helps, that is what it took. Oh, here we go. There, hold on. I wanna, here there's we this, go. Hold on. There's this TikTok I saw from this girl. And she was literally like, we have made analogies for you to read. Like a third grader would read it. So if you don't understand it by now, you're choosing not to. <laughs> That's so true. Um, <laughs> This written by a white person, uh, written by an old white man, shared by an old white man, shared by another old white man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, If you are a Christian and can't hear Black Lives Matter without feeling the need to respond with a criticism that all lives matter, then crack open your Bible and hit up Luke 15. Mm -hmm. There are one, uh, Luke 15 says, there are 100 sheep, but one goes missing. Jesus leaves the 99 and goes after the one. The 99. But what about us? Don't we matter? Of course the 99 still matter, but they're not the ones in danger. The one is. I'll say it again. Black lives matter. Come through Jesus. Come through Jesus. Come through Jesus. Jesus would be out there protesting. Yes, he would. He would be out there. So don't even come for... (sighs) Don't even get me started. Don't even get started in Christianity because my Jesus would be out there. My Jesus. Well, the real Jesus. The real Jesus. My Jesus. Not the whitewashed version, but that's for a different podcast. Is it? Okay. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus was brown, by the way. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Just wanted to make that clear. Jesus was not white. Coffee with my ex. 